Please remain standing for the reading of this evening's gospel lesson. Our gospel reading comes from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 22, verses 14 through 23. When the hour, had came, when the hour came, he took his place at the table, and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another which one of them it could be who would do this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Different objects carry with them interesting meanings. They often have values that are so dependent on the person who possesses them. Often objects carry special meanings due to the events that they were a part of or the people that gave them to us. What might seem to one person to be a tattered object might be to another a valuable piece of a special memory or a loved one. What might seem to one person to be a useless or cheap object may be to another person a cherished gift. The saying one person's trash is another person's treasure is quite true from time to time. For example, this right here may seem to you to be useless. Unless you have ever seen it in my office and or asked me about it, you probably do not know what it is. No, it's not a big yellow bracelet. It's not some kind of caution tape holder or something of that nature. It's actually a gift from my oldest brother, Zach. Now, before, you, as much as I would love for you to joke on my brother or love him, but I joke on him also, before you decide that he, that my brother is an odd gift giver, I will let you know that this is one of my favorite objects that I have. This yellow ring right here is actually a piece of the field goal post from the 2017 NFC Championship game. I'm sure you're now saying, that's cool, Lucas, I guess, but still an odd gift. Well, I'm a huge lifelong Atlanta Falcons fan, and the 2017 NFC Championship was a game won by the Falcons, which then led them to the Super Bowl. A Super Bowl the Falcons came to lose. <laughs> but that is still not all the reasons why, or the main reason why it is so special to me. It is special because that game was the final Atlanta Falcons game played at the Georgia Dome. 
which was the Falcons' home for over 25 years. I went to my first Falcons game at the Georgia Dome, and I went to many college and NFL games there as well. I had great, fond memories there with my dad, with my brother, and many, many friends that I went to games with. I experienced the joy there of my team winning, and as a Falcons fan, I probably more often experienced the emotions attached to losing. For a long time, something that I loved, the Atlanta Falcons, lived there. And this is a piece of that. What might seem like a useless piece of yellow metal to almost anyone else is to me a reminder of fond, beloved memories. This book is a similar case. It is my copy of a common prayer book. I don't know if you can tell from where you're sitting, but it has seen better days. Its pages are not their original color. Some of them you might call well-read. Its front cover is bowed out, and the back cover is bowed out as well. And that's from a time when it was sitting on my nightstand after I had read it, and then in my sleep I knocked over a cup of water onto it and did not realize it until the next morning. It is a wonderful book that I would recommend to anyone, but I think if given the choice between my copy and a new or gentlier used copy, everyone would pick the new or gently used copy. But not me. I would pick my copy over 100 new copies. Besides being the one that I have relied on at many stages of life, this one was given to me by my youth minister when I was a teenager. And inside it, he wrote an extremely encouraging note that still brings tears to my eyes when I revisit it. In addition, one of the authors of the book, when I met him, wrote me a nice note as well. They are timeless notes that offer me support on difficult days. Though tattered, worn, and worth significantly less than a new copy, this book is a prized possession of mine, even if it is just a worn-down book to anyone else. There are countless pieces that I'm sure come to your minds and similar items that you have that are more special to you than they might be to others. These items are a little bit different. This is a prized item to me. This chalice was handmade by a clergy friend of mine and given to me as a gift when I was commissioned. Both of these are treasured by me, treasured like the book is treasured by me, and treasured like the field goal post is treasured by me. But their treasure is a lot different. Where with those items, I am sure you think it is nice that they are special to me, but you yourself do not care much about them. To a non-Christian, the same is true of these. But to we Christians gathered here today, when I pour grape juice or wine into this cup and put bread on this plate, these items cease to only be treasured by me, but they are treasured 
by all of us gathered here today. When we see a filled chalice of bread, a filled chalice and bread, we might be reminded of communions that were extra special to us. We might be reminded of those that we once took communion with that are now feasting at the heavenly banquet. When we see these items as not being a simple cup or plate, but being carriers of Jesus, we experience the transformation that the cup experiences as well. Our memories attached to these items are so special because they remind us of a meal that we were not even present for, but that we share in today. And in that sharing, we feel as if we were in fact there. We place ourselves in the room where we hear those words as Luke's gospel puts them, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This past year has been hard. It's been so hard. We feel that we have sacrificed so much I feel like we have wanted to cry out with the words that we will hear Jesus cry out tomorrow from Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But when we come to this table, we are reminded of those words, This is my body, which is given for you. Jesus sacrificed everything for us, even if we feel like we do not begin deserve it. As we look back on memories, it is not always where we were that we remember. It is not always what we did even that we remember. Unless we have some kind of little relics like I've lifted up, it is not always the things that were a part of the story that we remember. What we often remember most is who was there with us. Who did we experience that memory with? What relationships were formed from that event? As we become further removed from things and events of our lives, what happened is less memorable than who was there. As we remember that last supper that we celebrate tonight, and it's helpful for us to remember who was there. They help to define and tell the story. One person that was there is spoken of at the end of the passage. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. Judas Iscariot, that betrayer. How could you betray Jesus? Easy for us to say. The scripture ends with, Then they, the disciples, began to ask one another which one of them it could be who would do this. The disciples around the table questioning who it would be that would do this betraying. I wonder if they were asking that question because they were curious as to who it would be. Or were they asking that question because they were all wondering, could it be me? Perhaps they were all very aware 
of their imperfections, doubts, and fears as they sat around that table. They all know that they are prone to wander. Lord, they feel it, prone to leave the God they love. And they do. Yes, Judas commits a horrific betrayal, but Peter denies. James and John, they fall asleep in Gethsemane. Thomas doubts. Just about all of them leave Jesus alone in his hour of greatest pain. Judas might commit the worst betrayal, but they all betray in some way. And we all betray Jesus in some way. But Jesus still shares the Last Supper with them, and Jesus shares it with us also. Despite what they or we will all come to do or not do, Jesus breaks bread and shares in the cup of ultimate sacrifice with them and with us, the ultimate sign of unconditional love. John's Gospel tells us that on Maundy Thursday that Jesus gives them a new mandate. It says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus modeled that love of his disciples at this table and in the events that followed. Despite the betrayals and denials that they would come to commit, the new commandment of coming to the table is not that the disciples follow Jesus perfectly, but it is that despite each of their imperfections, they are still to love one another. And that is how they will be, come to be known to be followers of the Christ. Likewise, we come to this table as imperfect disciples surrounded by other imperfect disciples. No matter the frustrations that we have with those we encounter, we are to show them love. That is the commandment of this table. This table was so meaningful for the disciples in the early church, and it is so meaningful for us. For we as betrayers, deniers, and doubters are there at that memorable table with them. And together, let us come to this table with a reconciled spirit and let us leave from the table with a renewed spirit to love one another as Christ has loved us. Though they did not get it at the time, the fact that most of the disciples became nonviolent martyrs showed that they eventually understood that message of love for one another. Despite their wanderings, they said, Here is my heart, O take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. As we approach this table tonight, may these be our words. And may we offer our hearts to God by showing love to one another, just like Jesus showed that love to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat>